it's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check us out on Discord and Facebook. Links in the description. This week's episode, Skinwalker Ranch. Hell yeah, the one and only. This one gets real weird real quick. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into it. Also known as the Sherman Ranch or the Gorman Ranch, depending on which sources you're looking. It goes under a a bunch of different names, but it's popularly known as the Skinwalker Ranch. What are we talking about? We're talking about a ranch that is 512 acres. What are you doing? I threw my pen over there because I was making noise with it and want you to yell at me. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's a good move. Good move. (laughs) So it's, it's 512 acres and it's southeast of Ballard, Utah. It's named after the Skinwalker from Navajo or Ute Legends. Uh, I found it said online Navajo Legends, but it borders like a Ute reservation. I have so, info all about that. Oh, you okay? You got yeah. it covered on that. Either. I do. All right, awesome. Okay, so anyways, the the ranch itself is near, uh, like I just said, a bunch of Ute reservations, and apparently there was in the past there was some sort of feud with them and the Navajo, and the Navajo cursed the land. You, you going to talk about that as well? Yes. Agent Ether. Okay, excellent. There were reports of like UFOs and paranormal events in the area for a long, long time before the events that we're going to talk about. I have something from 1978 that I'll get to eventually, but um, in general, uh, we're talking about the people who, well, we're going to start with, I guess, more or less the people who bought it in 1994. The ranch itself, um, there were reports uh, for it's kind of like a grab bag of everything strange, right? Mm-hmm. UFOs, Bigfoots, crop circles, ghosts, orbs, cattle mutilation, invisible objects, poltergeists. I mean, it's just anything yeah. that we've covered on the show and anything that we might cover on the show has been reported at the ranch, which at first glance kind of makes me go, eh, I mean, come on, really, you know, but when you dig in a little bit, it gets really weird, really fast. Mm-hmm. In nineteen ninety, you uh, what was that? So it's like a one-stop shop. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. In nineteen ninety-six, it was purchased by the National Institute for Discovery Science, or NIDSCI, for two hundred thousand dollars. And this is a private research organization that was funded by Robert Bigelow, and also, as we'll talk about a little bit later on the show, by probably some government black budget money as well. And they investigated the stuff that was going on there, like cattle mutilations, etc. One of the interesting things I saw with this particular one was that they concluded black triangles were government military craft. And this is a quasi-government organization saying this, which is kind of interesting, right? I mean... Odd. Are, are they going to come out and tell us what it is? No, they're not going to... The government's not going to tell us what it is. So why did they say it was... I don't know. It's just weird. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just kind of strange. All right. So, and then after that, it was sold to a shell company 
called Adamantium Holdings in 2016. That's kind of a cool name. Yeah, it's the, it? it's the fictional metal that Wolverine has on his bones and stuff that his claws are made out of, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not a real thing. Isn't it's, that trademarked? I mean, can they just use that well, for their corporation? Apparently they can. I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. I guess they didn't trademark it, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, so Adamantium, Adamantium Holdings uh, bought it for $4.5 million and Wait, at 4.5 when the sh- so it went from 200,000, right? Yeah. To 4.5 million. Yeah. So I uh, forget the name of the guy who bought it, but he also started a TV show. And here's what I think about like, I don't think it was actually worth 4.5 million. It was so Robert Bigelow sold it to one of his billionaire buddies. And I think what this is, is you can't just give your buddy, like, okay, if I have a contract, you give me that contract. And then I'll kick you back 4.5 million. They can't really do that. That's kind of illegal. But they could mm-hmm. say, all right, you give me this contract and I'll buy this stupid ranch from you for 4.5 million. And maybe I'll make a TV show out of it too. Why not? Because it might be fun. Oh, you know? Yeah. So well, I especially suspect, if the History Channel is interested. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it's on, actually, is the History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so it, it was uh just to make sure, uh, in 1996 when it was sold, was that that was for uh 4.5? No, 96 was 200,000 when it was sold in 2016. Okay, yeah. that's right. That's right. Okay. All right. So, yeah, um, Robert Bigelow bought it from Terry and Gwen Sherman. I think I forgot to mention that, but we'll get to them shortly. Yeah. But yeah, they sold it to Bigelow for $200,000. And it's in a pretty remote area. You can still, to this day, you can go to these remote areas and buy a whole crap ton of land for practically nothing. Like there's, um, what was it? it, it Ether was it two, 10 acres? So I looked in the classified ads over there in, uh, U, what is it? Unitah, Unitah. County oh. in Utah, which is where the Skinwalker Ranch is. And you too can own 10 acres near the Skinwalker Ranch. It has two track dirt road access, and it's very flat in case you want to park some RVs. Camping's allowed for up to 16 days. And that was in the description, so I'm assuming that's some sort of county limit. And they said in the ad that it's flexible as far as zoning goes, so you can build uh, manufactured homes or create an RV park. And it's 12.5 miles from the ranch, and it's less than 20K. No way. Yeah. Wow. For how, for how much land? Hmm? You said 10 acres? 10 acres. Yeah. 10 acres of property for yeah. 20K. Oh, damn. Yeah. We can well, all pool our yeah. money, like do a Kickstarter or something. That would be so cool. You make like a, like a UFO campground there. That'd be badass. Hell yeah. We can make our own Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. The mini, mini Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could come up with a name. Just give me some time. <laughs> <laughs> you have to think long and hard about it, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Foreskin Walker Ranch. I don't yeah. know. Oh, <laughs> oh that's, see, that's where Perfect. I knew you were going with that. Perfect. <laughs> it's, but it's not. <laughs> of okay. course, that's where I'm going with it. <laughs> so when Adamantium Holding bought it, um, they they put in a perimeter with with like barbed wire, armed security guards, and cameras and stuff. But I wonder if that was just for show. I don't know if they still have armed guards there all the time, or if they just did that to sort of you know, promote the mysteriousness of the place and then, you know, to kind of boost their TV show. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's that kind of information is exceedingly hard to find because like I said, this is in a fairly remote area. So it's not like people are driving by all the time. 
But they also closed down all the roads leading to the ranch as well. It's not open to tourists, I checked. Well, no, it's definitely not, yeah. There's been a couple celebrities that have gone there, though. Oh, yeah. All kinds of people have gone there. I mean, they have had events where people can go there because you see people posting online that they went there. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. how you find out about these things, um, you know, but... Uh, well, it's it, definitely got to be through either the caretaker or the owner. Oh, man, right? it has yeah. to be like Bohemian Grove style. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> That's what we got to start our own Bohemian Grove on that 10 acres. 10 acres is enough. We don't need more than that. We don't need like Bohemian Grove acreage, right? Yeah. We got to start. What would we call it? Alien Con Pod Ranch. Alien Grove? <laughs> it's not very original. No. We'd have to brainstorm, come up with something. All right. Yeah, so the, the Skinwalker Ranch was first popularized in an article titled Frequent Flyers by Zach Van Eyck in the Desert News and then later by some articles by George Knapp. And these were all published in 1996. And some of you may remember the name George Knapp. We talked about him, I believe, in a mm-hmm. previous episode about, um, what's his face? That, uh, that guy who's full of crap. My mind's going blank. Bob Lazar. Bob, Bob Lazar. Lazar. <laughs> Thank you very much. I don't know yeah, why. I, I, just, would, I would assume most, most people listening are probably going to know that name. I mean, that's, yeah. that's one of the more famous names as far as a reporter or whatever you want to call him, you know. Right. But because of his involvement with Bob Lazar, that just immediately makes me go, eh, I don't know. Not a fan of Bob, huh? No, not at all. He's he's full of crap. Oh, come on. <laughs> if you didn't hear our episode on Bob Lazar, I can sum it up by saying, I think he's either making it up or he's a government disinformation agent or something. I don't know. The guy is just, the story is just weird. He, it's got too many holes in it. He's definitely a good storyteller. Oh, he's, but, yeah, for sure. And he's pretty consistent, more consistent than most others. But yeah, there's holes, like you said. But I mean, we, we have an episode on that, so we don't yeah. need to go too far into it, I suppose. Yeah, definitely not. All right, let's talk a little bit about Terry and Gwen Sherman. They bought the ranch in the summer of 1994 to raise cattle. It had been vacant for a few years after their previous owners had died and nobody had bought it. And uh, when they moved in, and they noticed that- They were award-winning, actually, uh, Angus cattle. Yeah, did yeah, you know the, that? the cattle that they bought to uh, to raise there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I've been eating a lot of steaks lately. Yeah, I like, figured. Uh, I really appreciate a good... <laughs> yeah. But, All right. Yeah. Your, boy, uh, your boy's getting good. I'm just saying, like, fall apart in your mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know? Well, I'll have to come sorry. out there. I'll Not have to sorry. come out there and partake sometime. Someone offered to buy you a beer, mm, ETA. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, if we have a get-together oh, no in the Bay Area. Hell yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Hell yeah, if I can make it up to the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. There's actually a couple people that I see online in the Bay Area. But anyways, that is that is neither here nor there. All right, when the uh, Shermans moved in, they started noticing some weird things. Actually, they started noticing them before they moved in, when they were cr- kind of getting the property ready. But when they moved into the house, they noticed that there were some padlocks or bolts on the doors and windows of the house as if the previous owners wanted to keep something out. Like really strange security for a ranch house out in the middle of nowhere on a bunch of acres of land. And then when they moved in, things started to get weird. They witnessed a bunch of different things. Most it, So it's called Skinwalker Ranch, but most of what they noticed was actually related to UFOs. One of the earlier stories had to do with some wolves. Would you like to relate that to us, Agent Ether? Yeah, sure. I think it's when they first moved in, they encountered a big 
pound wolf. This thing was just like, you know, three times bigger than a big dog. And they had a, one of their Angus calves was in the corral. And apparently this wolf just came up out of nowhere and like snagged at him, you know, grabbed him by the throat. So get this, the father and son go over there and they're trying to beat off the animal. Like, what? Like, you're trying to what now? They're trying to what? beat off the Say animal. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, can you imagine there's this 300 pound wolf that's, and they go over there and they're like trying to hit it and get it off their calf? Yeah. It's that's, 300 pounds. Like, really? That's a big wolf. So then uh, they're not able to because it's 300 pounds. And so they shoot it point blank several times. This wolf with is, a 357. With a 357. This wolf's totally casual about it, gives them a look, you know, and there's no blood, nothing. And he just trots off. So they go to track yeah, it. Just brushes brushes the uh, the dust off his shoulder. <laughs> He's like whatever. And they, so like they go a, to like track a damn it. Boss. And there's these big paw prints. They're like an inch deep. And then they just disappear. You, you know what I find really uh, interesting is is uh, one of the stories that I heard of of this encounter is the the wolf like they're basically they notice this wolf while they're unpacking stuff out yeah, of the truck yeah yeah that's what I read and um, the wolf actually comes up to him very casually and and one of the stories I heard was that uh um Terry Sherman actually was able to pat the wolf on the head and like what? right after he did that the wolf seemed to like notice notice the calf and then make a beeline for it and that's when he attacked the calf you know that's just this is a crazy story. Yeah, I know, right? That that don't make a whole lot of sense to me, especially because the thing <laughs> seemed a little uh, like it may have had bloodlust. You know, like you know, it's a murderer if it's going to go after the calf and just like maybe they were under some sort of like spell. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, and maybe that wolf was a uh, was not like a real wolf. Maybe it was like a spiritual creature. You know what I mean? Like, no, who knows what the hell that could have been? But well, I think the implication that it was it was a skinwalker, right? Yeah, because yeah, because yeah. A wolf, I don't know exactly, but a wolf, I don't think the very at the very largest, it's not going to be over a hundred pounds, and I think they're generally more closer to seventy or something. I don't know, but definitely not three hundred. I don't think that exists in nature. Now, a few weeks later, yeah, Gwen well, not, Sherman, I, not that I know of, said she was in a car when she encountered a wolf so big that its back went up to her car window. Wow. Yeah, and she said it was accompanied by a smaller little dog. She didn't know why. Hmm, little pup. <laughs> well, they're just, friends. Just Did have this mental image, you know, the same wolf uh-huh. with a pet dog. That, that was like when I heard the story, that's what came to mind. Hmm. A wolf with a pet. Pet, yeah. I, don't <laughs> I like it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that was one of their earlier stories. But mo- like I said, most of what they saw was actually UFO related. Um, they witnessed uh, three types of UFOs that they reported. A small box-like craft with a white light, a 40-foot-long object, and a huge ship the size of several football fields. One craft emitted a wavy red ray or beam of light as it flew. They also saw orbs of light emerging from a circular orange doorway that appeared in the midair, sort of like a gate to another dimension kind of a thing. They were able to get video of two sightings, or according to them, they were. I, I have not been able to find this video anywhere. I would love to be able to find this video, but even so, it was so long ago, it was probably on like some kind of crappy 90s camcorder. It's going to look like just a light in the sky at the very best case, you know. It's not going to look great. They also saw circles of flattened grass, 8 feet across, 30 feet apart in a triangular pattern. One night, a flying light followed Gwen home from work. On another encounter, Terry heard, this is, 
I like this one. This is my favorite. Um, Terry heard voices speaking a strange language. The voices sounded like they were 25 feet above him. The dogs sort of started barking and running around, and then they ran back to the house. So he had these like disembodied voices, and supposedly he sort of talked to the voices. I don't, I don't remember what he said exactly, or I didn't see any specific reference to it, but let's say he said like, hey, hey, I can hear you, son of bitches. I can hear you. And then they start, stopped talking. Then they started talking again or something. I don't know. That's a very strange one, but just imagine you're out, you know, you're on your ranch strolling around at midnight or whatever, and you just hear these disembodied voices that sound like they're coming through a radio. Very strange. So they had a couple of cows disappear. They had four cows disappeared, and then they found three mutilated. These tended to coincide with sightings. So they would see a UFO, and then later on they would find a cow either mutilated or missing. Uh, Were they radioactive cows? Oh yeah, yeah. So we watched, we watched. Uh, well, we tried to we watch tried an episode to. of that uh, History Channel show about about the uh, Skinwalker Ranch. The show opens up with a dead cow, which I mean, that's that's a horrible way to. I don't want to see dead cows. You know, I like cows. They're cute. <laughs> I don't want to see them dead. But it shows. It opens up with a dead cow lying there on the ground. And then <laughs> a bunch of guys standing around it or whatever. Then another guy, you know, gets out of a car or whatever and says, "Don't touch him." Don't touch him. He might be radioactive. <laughs> radioactive. Watch cows. out now. I don't, I don't think they understand how radiation works because you don't need to touch something to be affected by it. You know what I mean? Well, and they're using the yeah. Geiger counter. Yeah. The, yeah right? they, they get out a Geiger counter and they're like, oh, it's 60. It's 20. It's 35. Oh my God, it's 60. You know, but they're not really I saying. I bought this here Geiger counter from the surplus store down the road. That's how I know it works. Yeah. But they don't tell you 60 what? Is it like you know, 60 ohms or, you Rems know, or yeah. rads. Like, like, who knows? No idea. Yeah. Could be anything. Could be that. Ma- hmm. what, do, what do they call measurements of magnetism? Gauss. Gauss. Is that what you, I don't know. They have don't meters. Know. Is it a Gauss? I forget. Don't ask me, man. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I ain't going to know. Yeah. I don't know. It was too much like a reality show for me. I don't like reality shows. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious, but I don't know if I could watch like a whole season of it. You Some know? people really like it. They're going to do a second season. Yeah. And then I remember, they, I think Ether fell asleep, but they're all in the boardroom and, you know, they have all these people like scientists and stuff trying to have a conversation with a straight face. I think they're reenacting <laughs> it though. It's supposed to be a yeah. reenactment. And was, uh, I just, I hate scripted reenactments. So it was pretty dang silly. Yeah. Some whatever, people like whatever it. Whatever it was. Some people like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if, and some people fall asleep while they're watching it. Yep. Yeah. It was, well, uh, the people that might like it are probably more, they're also likely to be fans of the Hallmark Channel, too, probably. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> A little lighthearted um, romance. Never heard they're, anyone. They're nice, pleasant movies. You know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I should be a little more open. You know? No, it's, it's the worst thing ever. I'm just kidding. The Hallmark Channel? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's, here's a couple of examples of what they saw. So, Terry and his son communicated with one of the UFOs one time. They saw a light move behind a ridge as if it was trying to avoid them. They moved around to see the object and waved their arms at it. It flashed (laughs) on and off three times and then disappeared. They have some strange things they do when they interact with with these objects and the wolf. Yeah, if I saw a UFO, like an orb that was kind of 
floating around. If I'd be like, all right, you know, screw you. I'm going inside and watching TV. Leave me alone, you damn UFOs. I might watch yeah, it, but I'm I wouldn't. Eat my cheesy poofs. Wouldn't wave my hands at it. That's, yeah. that's very strange. Yeah, I haven't heard of anyone <laughs> doing might, that. I might wave something else at it. <laughs> never, give, it give it the old whirly bird. Well, hey. <laughs> well, hey, yeah. You do the helicopter, the whirly bird. I mean, that's going to get a reaction. I don't care who you are. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Just saying this whole. <laughs> Some of their, uh, <laughs> Some of their um, cattle mutilations. Uh, so one of their cows, they found it uh, dead in a field with a strange hole in the center of its left eyeball. It had no other wounds or marks, and there was no blood. There were no prints or tracks anywhere near it. Chupacabra. Could be. Yeah. And all its intestines were removed uh, through the butthole. Uh, I didn't find that on this particular <laughs> description, but hey, who knows? Oh, I might have missed I, that I might part. have just made that up right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. They also smelled a strange chemical odor in the area. Later on, they found another dead cow. And this one had the same hole in its eye and also a six inch wide, one inch deep hole. I should, I should have, I should do a warning. This is about to get gross people. Uh, a six inch wide, one inch deep hole carved out of its rectum. Again, there were no tracks and the chemical <laughs> smell was present. One thing I remember uh, um, hearing in uh, one of the descriptions is like they said that the chemical smell reminded them of like disinfectant. Hmm. Like pine salt. Did, Did it have a lemony scent? They didn't really describe the scent, but but one of the accounts that I heard said like the the chemical smell was like like uh, reminiscent of like uh, some strong disinfectant or something like that. You might use like in an, in an industrial like uh, application. Huh. Weird. Yeah. And the the descriptions, all the cows they found apparently had all their blood drained out of them. So I guess if you're draining blood, you might use uh, disinfectant. I guess. To drain it? Well, yeah, and plus know. they're dead. They're they're dead now. They don't need that blood. Uh, no, heck no. They right. don't need it. They're just being greedy if they're trying At to keep it. At least that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another dead cow they found. Uh, they found, or, okay, well, actually, that was the only, I mean, there's more mutilations. I don't want to talk about those, though, because they're grody. They found a cow that had disappeared from the snow. They, found, they followed the tracks, which led into a field, and stopped near some trees. There, there was a circle of broken twigs and branches where the tracks stopped, and the tops of the trees above looked like their tops were cut off. And there were no other tracks in or out of the area, and it looked like the cow had just disappeared, like as if it had just been lifted up into the air or something. And it, that's, I mean, there's a couple other disappeared cows too that are sort of, sort of like this, where they just sort of vanish and there's i mean mm-hmm. a cow's pretty dang big you're not going to be able to lift it up without some kind of machinery or a truck or something right oh yeah it's going to leave a trail wherever it's going yeah you know the one uh kind of dis- disappearance that really bothered me just because i'm a big fan of dogs and and like there's there's so many cool breeds of dogs out there right so mm-hmm. um that one that one uh, scenario where i guess uh sherman's dogs like like started barking at something in the woods and they like chased after it and he chased after those dogs in turn and then found three different like clumps of like, like first he heard the dogs like yelp and, and like gave, I guess, I guess you could say a bit of like a death scream, you know, as far as dogs do. I don't like these kinds um, of stories. He found three different. Well, yeah, well, no, I mean, but, but I mean, you got to remember those dogs though. You know, I bet they were good dogs. You know, well, they had to have been, but, but, uh, yeah, he, 
well, yeah, he had these dogs to protect livestock and, you know, protect his land and stuff, you know, the home. But uh, he found like these dogs with like circles around each like, like lumped mass of like meat and like mush, I guess it was, it was uh, described like to me that if I was a, a, the dog owner and I found that I would, I mean, it's war. This means war. Now something else, like, like whatever did this, something needs to die. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's, 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 that's going way too far. Let, let alone like, you know, mewling your, your prize winning Angus cattle. I mean, that's, that's bad enough, but the dogs, man, you got to go after the dogs. Are you kidding me? That's too far. Yeah, that's, but who are you yeah. going to go after? You're going to go after like the it, government, aliens, skinwalkers. Like there's so many options. The Bigfoot, whatever, the Bigfoots. Whatever the hell presents itself first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whatever target I'll, you I'll find, blame, yeah. I will blame, I'll, I'll blame something. I might see a cougar or something like that, you know, uh, you know, uh, out in the middle of the field or something. And Cougars I'm just going to go ahead and shoot it because, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, panther? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got mountain lions over there, don't they? Yeah, one of, one of them in, invincible grizzly bears from, uh, from Red Dead, right? No, I'm pretty, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the legendary ones. I hate those. No, things. I'm pretty sure they got they have mountain lions over there. Yeah, actually, I think they do. They have mountain lions, but I read that wolves were surprisingly not indigenous to the area. Which I mean, I don't know if I believe that because they're apparently seen commonly on the ranch. So that means that they're they're uh, there, whether or not they're supposed to be. Right. There's well, reports are, are of all kinds wolves? of exotic animals, though, like hyenas. Huh. I don't think hyenas are native to that area either. I think hyenas aren't hyenas native yeah. to Africa somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. They were in the Lion King. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> same as this <laughs> Mufasa. Say his name again. <laughs> I just watched that the other day. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> yeah. Oh, baby, my childhood wouldn't been. It wouldn't have been the same without that movie. I mean, all all the different um, you know sexual like uh, things that uh, Disney like like hid in that movie, yeah, like the clouds yeah. and stuff. All you know, you, yeah, that one. You, I mean, that's, seen that? I don't know if you've seen that, but that's pretty common in some of those movies. Like uh, the Little Mermaid has also got some pretty bad stuff in it. Or Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I oh, actually yeah. I remember when I was younger and I heard about that scene <laughs> where uh, Mrs. Ro- Miss Roger Rabbit, whatever, uh, Mrs. Uh, flies out of the taxi and does a little spinny brew, you know. <laughs> I actually found an old uh, VHS copy of, of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I spent like, I don't know, two a hours probably, time. like 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 freezing it to catch that one particular frame. <laughs> Were you able and to? Let me tell you, it was there. It was there, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, well, mind actually, you, this is an old VH. This is like one of, like this is a, a VHS from like one of the original releases, and um, I can tell you, yeah, there's a frame there that I was like, oh, oh my, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. they definitely like they definitely drew that. You know, like <laughs> somebody took the effort to draw that. It's not like I actually. It's awesome. I looked this up like a couple months ago because I remember hearing about it, and then when I heard about it, obviously I didn't have the internet. So it just, for some, whatever reason, it randomly popped into my head and I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and Google this now just to see, is this a real thing? And it turns out, yeah, like you were saying, it is. And I saw the picture of it. It's, um, I'll say that, uh, she's definitely a fan of Brazil, but also it's not like, it's not like (laughs) super, super descriptive, you know, like it's not like that. It's not like that exciting, but it is there. It's there there. though. Yeah. Yeah. it's a little on the subtle side. Okay, hold on just a second. Time All right, out. we got to take a quick time out. Actually, I don't think we mentioned yet. 
We're testing out this week doing the show live on Discord. So we'll see how it turns out. It, it appears to be working. And uh, a couple of people have been requesting us to do a live show. So I said, yeah, what the heck? We'll try it out. So I turned on my computer earlier and j- it just so happened coincidentally. Uh, I, I don't know if it happened today, but I go on Discord occasionally to check on there. And when I signed on to get a, a channel set up on our Discord to do the live show, I got a pop-up saying we just now implemented this new thing called stages or whatever. So they made a thing on Discord to do live shows. This is our first time using it. I didn't make an announcement because I didn't know if it was going to work or not. But uh, we'll see. We have one one fan right now. <laughs> it's a big audience, but we didn't <laughs> we didn't announce it, so I didn't expect a lot of people to pop in. One here, of our other fans said he had to go, but he'll be back. Oh yeah. Okay. So we have Mashuka listening right now. Shout out to Mashuka. Thanks for joining us. You are a a legend, sir. Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so hopefully it works out and we will continue to do live shows because it's more fun that way. And what I want to do is I want to put like a maybe like a chat channel so that if while we're doing the show, people can like type in questions to us or something. Um, We might not be able to get to all of them or during the entire show because it would kind of um, ruin the flow. Yeah, if if we were doing it the whole time, it would be hard to get through all of the material to, you know, for the episode. But it would be maybe do like a section of the episode at the beginning or end where we can, I don't know, have some sort of, you know, people asking us questions or some sort of interaction or something. I don't know. I haven't fleshed it out entirely. Back to the show. All right, let's get back to the show. (laughs) Yeah. And now it's time for the show. Okay, so I was, I just had one more thing about the mutilations and disappearances. Ugh. There's a couple more ranches in the area, and there have been reports of cattle mutilations and disappearances for decades and before the Shermans moved in. So they're not the only ones to report this. And I just wanted to throw that in there because on the surface, the Shermans, they don't seem super credible to me. And in fact, they do seem like they kind of just made it all up. Some skeptics think that the Shermans invented the story to sell the ranch, which like, okay, like if I was going to try to sell my house, that's the last thing I would do to try to get interest in it is to tell people all this messed up stuff is happening. But also I wanted to mention briefly that a local science teacher, he's, he was a teacher at one of the local middle schools named Joseph Hicks had personally investigated over 400 UFO sightings over, over the years, over a couple of decades in the area. And there have been thousands of reports in the Utah, what is it? No, the Uintah Basin, I guess, is the the general area is what it's called. So I just wanted to throw that out there as well, is that the Shermans were not the only people reporting UFOs. It kind of makes me wonder because, it, I mean, that would be prime prime real estate for the government to put, you know, test facilities, right? Secret secret Nevada and Utah and just like all that, that deserty area where there's a lot of remoteness. There's not necessarily a whole lot of population there. Or water. Or water, yeah. Well, they, hey, they're the government, man. They can build pipes to go there. I'm just saying, um, that 10-acre property, uh, I don't know, with global warming and stuff, you're going to buy that 10-acre property and then there's not going to be any water. Well, campers will bring bottled water. <laughs> <laughs> right? A little goes a long way. All right. So I think Agent Ether had some stuff on skinwalkers. Would you like to educate us a little bit, Agent Ether? Skinwalkers. Yes. So skinwalkers go back some time. There's like ancient rock 
carvings and paintings and those sort of things in the area that depict them from way before the curse, way before the Utes even settled the area. So they're not something that are new. Let's see, they can be uh, shape-shifting, right? They're supposed to be witches, Navajo witches. They're definitely evil. <laughs> they're not supposed to be good. They're kind of the opposite of medicine men. And they're associated with uh, mind control. Like if you look into the eyes of your victim, you can then enter your victim and control them. They inherit uh, oh. animal traits like speed you know and what? cunning. What? That's almost like uh, you ever looked into the eyes of a man during his vinegar strokes. I don't even know what that means. Do I want to know what that means? No. Okay, oh, I don't no. want to know what that but means. Can, but you can see into the depths of his soul. <laughs> Moving right usually, along. I'll, I'll just say like the noise I usually make is probably more akin to like, <laughs> something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, like pretty similar. Well, thanks. Now I'm stuck with that forever. <sighs> <laughs> sorry about that. Not sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to throw in there real quick that it's not just the Navajo, but uh, apparently also the the Pueblo, Apache, Ute, and Hopi, and possibly other tribes. Hey, I'm all over that. Oh, you're all, okay. Never mind. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Lots of tribes. All yes. in like the Southwest area have legends of the Skinwalkers. Like it's part of their culture and they don't even really consider it supernatural like we would because it's just part of their folklore. So it's a little different how they view it versus how we would view it. And that whole area, though, is known for the skinwalkers. For 15 generations, the stories go back about them. And uh, outside of the Sherman Ranch area, there's an area called the Path of the Skinwalker. And Native Americans were taught just to avoid that area altogether. So going back to properties and <laughs> traits of the uh, skinwalkers, I read that uh, their eyes actually turn red in the light when they're animals, but then when they're humans, it looks like they have animal-like eyes and they can be werewolves. Well, I think I just want to stop you right there, though, because animals, their eyes can reflect at, at night. They can reflect light and look really, really weird. Weird. Yeah. Like some sometimes my little tiny dog makes me crap my pants because you know you see the With light his one eye. Yeah, you see the light reflect <laughs> reflecting off his eye just on the right angle. <laughs> like, wait a minute, oh, wait oh my one God. freaking minute. <laughs> what the hell is that? All oh. ten pounds of them. Oh, it's just it's just my dog. <laughs> but a lot of times these skinwalkers will transform into wolves. I think that's the most common animal. And some people say that this is where the legend of werewolves comes from in America hmm. is from the skinwalkers. So there's kind of the lore, not just among the native Americans, but if you think about it, werewolves are kind of a, a story that exists in multiple places. Right. So yeah. I kind of thought that was interesting. Werewolves so, of London, baby. Yeah. I mean, that just made me think of that. So excellent movie. These skinwalkers oh, yeah. can walk among the tribes by day and you wouldn't even know who they were. Uh, they can cause harm and curses, and they have dark rites and rituals for both their initiation initi initiation, and for their, you know, activities. What oh. sort of activities? Well, I like the way you said that. What, what kind of activities <laughs> are you talking about here now? <laughs> I, I read all sorts of things, 
And then at some point, I'm like, this is really dark. I don't know if I want to be reading this, like using human bones for their rituals and oh, how to become a skinwalker, like some of the descriptions of the things that they had to do, like killing a close relative and skinning them in front of like an elder skinwalker. I mean, really graphic stuff. But every story I read was different from the other story. One ritual involved like saying chants, but it could be in your native language. It didn't have to be like in, you know, Navajo or anything. And you like drew a circle around you and you faced a certain direction and you basically said, hey, I want to be a skinwalker. But if you didn't do the ritual correctly, you would die the next day. Oh, <laughs> so, shit. But it's it's different. Like every account that I read was different. And I don't know, maybe slightly offensive towards Native Americans because I doubt very strongly that this was coming from like, you know, someone who's Navajo or Ute. Right. In fact, I read mm-hmm. that... I was trying to find out more about the skinwalkers, but there's not really a whole lot available because apparently Native Americans don't like to talk about them. And I guess even talking about them can bring about bad luck or increases the chances of their appearance. And Mm. they they don't like to discuss them with outsiders. So it's sort of, it's, it's a topic, like we know a lot about Native American culture because they've shared that with the world but this is one topic that they're not really willing to share with the world. So um, probably what we know is based on just a, what a couple of people have been willing to share, but it's probably not the whole story. Also, I want to apologize if any of this is offensive. It doesn't mean that I, you know, believe all of it. If we're getting it wrong, you know, we're not experts in Native American culture. This is just, you know, stuff I found on the internet that I found that was interesting. So we mentioned right. a little bit about Uh, the curse, the Skinwalker Ranch curse. So I guess what happened is before the Ute were moved to a reservation, they were like a very warlike tribe that often fought alongside the Navajo against like common enemies. Uh, But later on, they would, during the Civil War, they would drive the Navajo off their lands. And even before that, uh, they would sell them to the slave block. So after the whole what is it, Trail of Tears thing with the Navajo, mm-hmm. which was, you know, really terrible. They believe that, the Ute believe that the Navajo cursed them with the uh, the skinwalkers, the curse of the skinwalkers. Hmm. And I, I believe that the area that their ranch is on is believed to be part of that curse, right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, it used to be Navajo and Ute land. Yeah, so the land itself is cursed. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Agent Kruger. Hey. Hello. Greetings. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? How you doing? All right. Man, we're doing, I'm late. doing well. I'm late. I'm late. I know. Better uh, late than better never. Late than Welcome never. home. Ah, uh, Jinx, I beat you. Party time. Excellent. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to be home. Yeah, didn't we're talking about the, make it. the Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, did we put the, the lotions on the Skinwalker Ranch yet? Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, we did not. We did not did apply the, the hose again. Do you want me to flag this? Is this an edit? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably just edit this whole section out. You know, I just like pushing the flag button. Oh yeah, it's fun, huh? It's nice, yeah. nice, satisfying click to it. The what button? <laughs> Let's try that again. Welcome, Agent Kruger, who is arriving late because he was busy partying in San Diego. I'm sorry, but necessities. I'll declassify the information later. Hey man, I, I ain't gonna. 
I ain't going to uh, hate on you at all for that. Like, you no, know, sometimes sure. a party's got to be had, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, it must be had. Agent Kruger, we're doing it live for the first time. Got some requests, and it just so happens that I signed on to Discord to start up a voice channel for it, and they just in- introduced a feature for exactly what I was trying to do. So we're doing it live. Hey, there we go. I like it. Yeah, big, big Brother was paying attention to you. And you're just like, now that's know. creepy. What if the computer? Oh you know? boy! <laughs> Wait, we're talking about live. Yeah, no, we're talking about live tentacle porn here. Oh yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah, <laughs> Discord cares about me so much that they surveil me, and then they heard me talking about a feature that I wanted, and then they added that feature. That would be awesome, actually. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I'll be talking about something, and then it will show up on my phone, like in my news feed. As a topic oh yeah. I'm oh no. Yeah, I, it's getting more predictable for me. It's like before I have an ailment. It's recommend recommend to me like, you know, solutions for something that hasn't hit me yet. And then like a week <laughs> later, it, I get it. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. dick pills. I don't Wait talk to anybody about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dental, yeah. de- dentist. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. What do you mean this fruit that will do wonders for me? Yeah, you start, you start oh, getting paranoid. 10 inches. Yeah, I start getting paranoid sometimes. I'll see an advertisement for like cancer treatment. Like cancer treatment? What the? <laughs> I don't have cancer. Do I? Oh shit! Right? Yeah, or like dentures. <laughs> You're like, oh shit! Going to the, gotta go to the bathroom, brush my teeth. Yeah, All I right. just noticed that the the name the name that I have right here is Agent ETA. Like, it's not yes. there's no space. I didn't put any space there. Oh yeah. Why did I do that? I don't know. You can change it though. Can you? Yep. But like, but mine, maybe not right, right it's now. More official. That's nice. Yeah. I'm I'm going to change my name to Driving Force Galleon. There you go. Okay. Operation yes. Driving Force Galleon. <laughs> yes. Um, but all right. Let's get back to the Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. Were you done with your bit on Skinwalker's agent? Yeah. Either? Yeah. That was it. Okay. Cool. Um, so I had some stuff on that, but I'll go ahead and skip. Skip, skip, past skip, it. skip, skip. Now let's talk a little bit about Robert Bigelow. This is the guy who bought it from the Shermans. <laughs> now, this is a really... In- can, can I say something real quick? I don't know. Does that Please name do. not sound like, like I don't know, maybe like the director of a porno movie Yeah, I was actually like, thinking that myself. Well, it'd be, it'd be so much better if his name was Richard Bigelow. That would be like a thousand <laughs> times better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it would. But Robert's, it's not a bad second, you know? It's okay. So it's he's close. He's a, a billionaire that owns the Budget Suites of America. And if you've ever driven around America, I'm sure you've seen these hotels. It's a hotel chain, and they pop up once in a while. And he also owns Bigelow Aerospace. Uh, he created Bigelow. This is actually a really interesting company, Bigelow Aerospace. He created it to make like a space station hotel. And they did some test launches. And the idea is rather than launch something like the space station that's made out of metal, they design like modular inflatable rooms, basically, which is like a really good idea because if you think about it this way, it doesn't matter what it's made out of. If you get hit with some debris, if it's inflatable, it could be like a balloon or it could be at, built out of titanium or whatever. If it gets hit by debris up there, it's toast. It's a hole's going right through that thing. But an inflatable module would be much lighter to construct and to get into space. So it's a really interesting solution to a problem of how do we make this cheaper to get it into space, right? So they were working on it. They were supposed to have like a working hotel by like 22, 2022 or 2023, something like that. But recently, be, they said online because of COVID, they laid off all of its employees. Oh, 
I guess. So I don't know that the, it didn't say the company's out of business, but they might be on a hiatus, which I was kind of bummed out because, so it's supposed, supposed to be, it costs $5 million to go up there for a weekend or something, which I'll never be able to afford that. But here's the thing. I couldn't afford the first iPhone either. Right. But eventually, you know, first, whenever you have a new technology, it's generally targeted towards like rich people, like cell phones in the eighties right? Or car phones in the eighties, generally just rich people had those. And then eventually everybody else got them. Right. So if they have space hotels, he does it first, it costs 5 million at first, but eventually they figure out how to make it cheap enough for the rest of us. Cause man, if they had a space hotel and it was like reasonable, I'd be there, man. Even if it was like $10,000 for a weekend, I'd figure out how to make that happen. You know, dude, you just made me feel so old right now. Like I remember when they were called. I remember when they were called car phones. Like they weren't cellular right. phones. You're like, dude, that guy's got a car phone, bro. Hey, and like, hey, what's your pager number? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm hit you up. You know, fucking, I had a pager. Like, I'm gonna at hit you up point. on your pager, and then you then you gotta hit me up on the fucking uh, public phone or something like that if you don't have yeah. one yourself. You yeah, know? I was always so, given my hand me down pager. So we, I think we need to explain what a pager is for all of the young Oh, the youngins. Yeah, you might not know what this is. So the pager <laughs> was a little, it was about the size of like a little matchbox, not the big matchbox, so just a little box. It was like a little plastic thing with a little screen on it that you would clip to your belt or whatever. And <laughs> if somebody wanted to contact you, they would, they would page you, right? They would kind of, they would call your pager and then the pager would go ding, ding, ding this phone number just called you, then you would have to walk your ass over to <laughs> like a public pay phone. A pay phone. By the way, they used to have, <laughs> they used to have this thing called pay phones where you'd walk up, you'd put quarters in and then you'd dial the number from your pager from, yeah, that you got from your pager. Cause somebody just paged you and you would call them. So that, that's a pager. Google it to see what they look like. It was, it was pretty neat back in the day. We were all really excited about them, especially <laughs> drug dealers. <laughs> But let's get back to the show. All right. So, yeah, so I was excited about those inflatable thingamajigs up in space, but it looks like it's going to be delayed indefinitely, unfortunately. But hopefully somebody makes that happen soon. The story, his story, his origin story, I should say, is kind of interesting. At a young age, he knew that he wanted, Robert Bigelow we're talking about here, he knew that he wanted to travel the stars, but he also knew that he was kind of a dummy. So he decided instead of becoming a scientist, he would become rich and then he would pay people to do it for him. That was his plan as a kid. What kind of kid thinks like <laughs> this, man? <laughs> hey, but, think smart, right? Yeah, think smart, not work, hard. Work smart, not hard, but, yeah. But apparently this is why he was so motivated to become rich was, was to, like, he didn't want to be rich for the sake of being rich. He wanted to get rich so he could go to space. That is awesome. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut but that was it. I didn't have a game plan. I didn't have any way of doing it. I was like, that'd be cool to be an astronaut. And that's what I want to be when I grow up. It's like, but I didn't think ahead of, I didn't think what step two was. Step one was I want to be an astronaut. Step two, I didn't even, that was not even on my radar. So I'm just really impressed. Do you know what I wanted actually, to be when I was a kid? What? Mad Morgan from Willow. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, who didn't, right? <laughs> Man, Modigan, you are great. You are great. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, such an awesome movie. They stole the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Bigelow's where this starts to get a little weirder, though, because he ha- he's really in. 
So first of all, he's a weird dude. He doesn't have emails or cell phones or anything like that. He doesn't even really like banks. Does he have a pager? He might. I don't know. He uses he uses like fax machines and like landlines and stuff. Ooh, paranoid. And like he's yeah, he's paranoid, like old school. Like I said, he doesn't use email. He likes to pay people in cash. <laughs> you know, he's he's a real weird dude. But he's also really into the paranormal as well. He's super into UFOs and like researching ghosts and afterlife and stuff like that. But he also has ties to Senator Harry Reid, who I don't think is still a senator, but he was at one time. It's kind of hard to find information on him. He's almost never had any public... He's spoken publicly a few times. You can find it on YouTube, but it's pretty rare for him to do any sort of public speaking. Not necessarily unusual. There's a lot of like billionaires that don't like to be in the public light. Um, only a handful of them do. Most of them seem like they want to be left alone, but... I don't know how many of them are there out and there. And the though? most depressed people, right? I mean, oh sure, the most money are the most depressed. Sure, I want to be depressed. I I like to, I like yeah, to right? think that too. It makes me feel better about not being a billionaire. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I got a real life. Yeah, I don't need yachts and private airplanes. Those suck. I don't want those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about a yacht with a swimming pool? That's oh, yeah. always how like about, redundant. How about a private yacht that is a submarine? I, I know. That'd be right? so cool. <laughs> All right. Okay, back anyways, to Skinwalker anyways, Ranch. Back to Robert Bigelow. So he's he's said, for example, that he believes aliens exist and that they have visited Earth. So this guy, he's kind of like Dan Aykroyd level, you know, as far as like this stuff kind of goes. But he has money. He has money to back it up. So he started uh, the the ATIP, which bought the property. I guess he bought it through ATIP, or it's a little murky exactly how it worked. But it there appears to be some sort of government funding. That's involved as well. Um, And like I said, Senator Harry Reid was involved and it all sorts of, it kind of ties together. This, like, like I said, this gets weird. The, the further you look, the more there is to dig up the Skinwalker ranch connects to a lot of different other things. So for example, a lot of the people that worked for ATIP, once that ended, so that ATIP ended, I forget what year, but those, some of those people went on to work for, um, for uh, to the stars Academy, you know, like the Tom DeLonge stuff. And they're, they're real big on like those Tic Tacs and stuff, which that's a whole other episode. So we won't really get into that. I know it's just like ETA tip. Like that's a whole nother issue right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right. So there's, I have some stuff (laughs) that, um, (laughs) sorry, sorry. I can't help myself. Uh, I have some stuff that I can skip here. So there's, I wrote down a bunch of stuff that's actually been seen over the years on the ranch. So I guess I'll skip those because, you know, Ether's, she's getting a little, uh, little antsy over no, here. It's just, it's so much material. No, it is so much material. It's hard to, it's hard to get through it all. But I do want to well, talk. Well, well keeping, keeping on the big little tip here. Yeah. I, I, I did find it hilarious. I thought at least in 1996, uh, actually one of my favorite skeptics, James Randy, mm-hmm. the amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he awarded uh, Bigelow with the uh, uh, with an award. Um, they, they basically like they basically said that he, um, he awarded him with the what was it the 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 funding organization like uh, support. Uh, it was the the most useless study of yes. a supernatural paranormal like, yes. event or something like that, right? Yeah, and I'll talk about and that like, in a little bit. Which will that guy will have to he'll have egg on his face when I'm done. I'll tell you what. Ooh. 
<laughs> egg on your face, sir. For like, here's the thing: yeah. with, ha, eggs. Ha on you. Here's the thing with the skeptics. I'm definitely willing to entertain something, and I, I'm actually skeptical about a lot of the topics that we have. I come at it from like sort of a neutral position. Uh-huh. Like, I don't necessarily believe it. But the thing I don't like about people who are self-described skeptics is they really, really love this ad hominem or attacking the person, right? They don't like to discuss the topic at hand. They like to say, well, you, sir, are a piece of shit because you looked into this, right? And that just kind of bothers me. And the reason it bothers me is because a lot of people see a lot of weird stuff. Just because you can't explain it doesn't mean that you didn't see it. Right. And a perfect example is something yeah. I've talked about on a previous episode is the Paulding light. The Paulding light, to summarize, is a light that a lot of people have seen. You can go look at pictures on the internet right now. It's readily available, like pictures, videos, whatever. It's a thing. Turns out that it's explainable. But if you saw it and you didn't, the explanation is kind of weird. So the people are 100% seeing a weird thing. But a skeptic would say, oh, these people are all crazy. They're on drugs, whatever. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. You know, with, if you didn't have photographic evidence of this and you didn't have so many people and you didn't have proof of it and you hadn't, so it was pretty recently that they figured out what it actually was, like maybe even in the 2000s, right? Before that. Yeah. Well, so it had to do with, with light refraction from, from yeah. what I understand. Right? So yeah, there's like an inversion layer that, that um, bends the light around so people can see it when they shouldn't be yeah. able to. But the point is, is that skeptics like to make fun of people and try to make f- people feel bad for seeing something. It's not their fault that they saw something. They saw something weird and they should be able to talk about it. You shouldn't feel weird or feel guilty or feel bad about talking about something that you've seen you know, and you shouldn't be considered crazy or on drugs or something, right? People mm-hmm. see weird stuff all the time. I've seen weird stuff. Yeah. I've seen like three or four UFOs. I'm not convinced any of them were aliens. It was just something I didn't know what it was. Is hey, all. you were considered a witch just for lighting a candle a certain way back in the day. You know what I mean? So it's like we come a long way. So I wanted to, this is from 1978. I've there's like I said, there's a lot of UFO sightings in the area. But this one I found in a newspaper article from 1978, and I just wanted to talk about this one briefly, just to give an example of what some other people in the area have reported. So a kid named Dale Wood, age 13, saw a large silver object. He heard a noise that sounded like a well-tuned engine, and he looked up to see a silver dome-shaped object. It was surrounded by an intense green light, jagged-like flames around the edges. It stopped and hovered directly above him. He saw lights on the underside of the object. He could no longer hear it as it hovered overhead for a few minutes. He felt like he was being watched and was afraid. When the object began to circle overhead, he ran to get his brother in a nearby house. The air conditioning and TV turned off suddenly inside the house. Dale's mother, who was also in the house, tried to get them back on but couldn't. The dogs began whining like they heard a noise that was inaudible to people, like a dog whistle or something. Dale's mother and siblings went outside and they saw the UFOs circle the area before speeding off to the northeast. There were other witnesses to this event as well, such as a police officer and other nearby residents. And that's, I mean, that's a pretty brief description of it. I kind of like trimmed it down a bit, but I mean, that's just one of many, many examples 
Unfortunately, a lot of the witnesses did not have anything that you can find, really, but it, it's a hotbed, though. It's definitely a hotbed. I was like when they described, like, it went to the northwest. Yeah. I have no sense of direction. I'd have to, like, go outside and point. It went that way. <laughs> <laughs> that away. That away. Over there. Over there yonder, yeah. But I just had one more th- topic to talk about. Did you have anything else, either? No. Did you really? Or are you just saying that? No, I really don't have anything else. Okay. You sure? <laughs> don't give me a funny look. I, did, I didn't really have a whole lot of other topics I want to talk about. I mean, uh-huh. tentacle porn was one of them, but we didn't really <laughs> touch on that. And I don't think that's really like, you know, it's probably not going to relate that all, all we'll that much get back to this into topic. It. So. That, that's another episode. Oh, oh we'll get there eventually. I guarantee yeah, you that. Yeah, maybe do that. Maybe do that uh, special edition tentacle porn. Yeah. We could, <laughs> we should could do take a complete a poll. episode. Yeah, a whole episode on it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to pull our listeners and see how many are interested in this topic. Uh And if it's more than 10, (laughs) I say you can do the episode. I know what you're thinking there, AGTA. Yes! Yes! (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, if even, if even like 25% of our listeners are are into like uh, anime, like Japanese anime, the way I am, like, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, they'll be interested. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's a, Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I doubt I doubt the number is that high, but there might be one or two, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're all a bunch of sinners. Like, we don't always put us ourselves out there, you know what I mean? But, like, they're there. Yeah, we're all there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Just, yeah, so, whatever. Uh, okay, let me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me, let me get to my, uh, my last topic here, because we're, we're getting a little long on the episode. I'll, I'll get through Again. this. Again. Again. Well, hey, it's not a bad thing necessarily, right? Hey, we're be at, having fun. At yeah, least I am. We're at an hour 23 right now, but some of the definitely going to edit out some of that. So might might edit out as much as 20 minutes. We'll have to see. But anyways, one really... So I, li- I listened to the podcast, The Black Vault Radio, which is a podcast done by John Greenwald Jr., who runs The Black Vault. And um, if you've ever researched any of these topics, you've probably run across him. It's the biggest repository for government documents. He's really into the FOIA requests. So if you want to check out documents on anything we're talking about, that's a good place to look. Uh, Not just this topic, but any topic. He's got like blog articles and all kinds of crazy stuff on there. I think there's even some forums, although they're not super active. But anyways... On season, I got real excited there for a second because I thought you said suppository. Oh, no. <laughs> nope, no suppositories. <laughs> I digress. So on his podcast, on season one, episode 46, he had a guest named Chris Marks. Now, Chris Marks claimed to have worked for, um, for Bigelow Aerospace. So his story is basically, um, he worked for the military, he worked for the police, And then after he did a couple of tours of duty in Iraq, he got hired as like a private contractor kind of a deal working for Bigelow Aerospace to do a job on the ranch. And if you want the details of his employment and stuff, uh, go listen to the episode. We don't have time to get into all that stuff here. But the way his job worked was that he would, at first they sent him on a deployment, like a two-week deployment with one other person on the ranch And he worked there from 2010 to 2015. And eventually he was doing a single person deployment. So he was just there all by himself. But for two weeks at a time, man, I I don't know. That does not sound like a lot of fun, right? His job was apparently to investigate all the paranormal things on the ranch. 
Now, this is done, so I say Bigelow Aerospace, is, he said, is who he worked for. And on the episode, um, John Greenwald Jr., if anybody knows who he is, he's not one to really suffer any sort of fools, and he's real stringent on his like requirements. So he said that um, Chris was able to send him like documents proving that he actually worked for, for who he said he worked for. And it, I guess these it's possible to fake any of this stuff, but if, if it's good enough for John Greenwald, it's good enough for me is I'll just leave it at that, I guess. Uh, Cause he, uh, that's his thing. He does documents. That's what he's all about. Right. But anyways, while Chris worked at the, at the ranch, he said that uh, while he was investigating stuff that he was actually did have paranormal experiences like poltergeists and stuff where they would move his crap around in his room when he wasn't there. And this, so this was uh, funded apparently like it came out later after he was no longer working there that he found out that this was funded by like the DIA and by OSAP, which is like a, a military thing that's sort of like related to ATIP, which is sort of related to, you know, Bigelow's project, which this is what I mean when I say this stuff gets real weird real quick and it starts to tie into a lot of other things. And we're like, we're only scratching the surface on this episode, by the way. So if you, if you want to dig into this to yourself, it, it's pretty far reaching. But anyways, I'll talk, I'll talk about Chris specifically. I won't go on too many tangents here. Um, but the, the point of this is it was so secretive that he didn't even know who his employers were when he was working for them. He didn't find out until after the fact who was actually paying him, right? This whole thing is just really weird. And by the way, I'm not talking about, you know, some kind of weird, you know, paranormal researcher who's into all this stuff. We're talking about like a military contractor here, right? Who is, who is tasked with investigating the strange things on the ranch. I'm wondering why he would agree to this kind of a contract though. Don't you think that's kind of strange? Well, so he said, so the job required a security clearance and they wouldn't tell him what the actual job was before he accepted it because you you can't get the security clearance for the job until after you got the job and they can't tell him what it is because it's classified. Then how would you even know it was existed? Well, he's, he talks about it on this episode uh, of the podcast of the Black Vault Radio, which again, if it's classified, he shouldn't be able to talk about it, right? It's very strange. The whole thing's really weird. The guy seems very convincing. Yeah, that's so odd. <laughs> but it's all just really strange, right? That's how they like it, though. This is one of the strange things, is that when, when you were deployed on the ranch, there was no supervision. You had to write daily reports, but you could write almost anything. And it was just, basically, some people would just sit there and binge watch. He, the example he gave on the show was people would just sit there and binge watch South Park or something for two weeks and then go back and collect a paycheck, right? Oh, I would hell be yeah. so bored. Yeah. With yeah. South Park? Are you kidding me? Uh, I don't watch a <laughs> yeah. lot of TV. What about Man Bear Pig? <laughs> yeah. I right? did see that what about one. The basket? We're totally serial, all right? Yeah, what about the basket weaving? You know, what, like, what about Pink Eye? Whoa. Pink Eye is still my favorite episode. Well, I keep hearing the ranch and I keep thinking of Dr. Phil. So like I'm I'm just waiting for Dr. <laughs> Phil to pop up in this. Okay, so there was there was a whole thing about a medical study, but I won't go into that. They go into it again on the show. I'll I'll skip over some of that because it's I don't know how relevant it is. I'll talk about the weird stuff. So as his deployment went on, he started to see a lot of paranormal things. But after the after everything was over, after he was done with his deploy his deployment at the ranch, 
And reflecting back on it, he says that he started to think that he was the experiment. He was not the one performing the experiments, but he was the one being experimented on. Right. And there's, he gives reasons for that on the show. I won't go into too much on that, but he did say that people saw a fella named James Lakatsky on the ranch, who was the project director for OSAP, which is basically a, it, it may or may not be the same thing as ATIP, which again, we don't want to go into because that's like really far afield, but that's like, that's a whole other thing. We should probably do an episode on, on, on some point, but he talks about, he thinks that they were testing like cloaking devices in bi-directional mimicry, which is, you know, a one way of cloaking or invisibility and whatever the experiments were, he thinks it had something also to do with fear and aggression response with the idea being to eliminate fear and increase aggression to create a super soldier. And one interesting thing he talks about on the show is that he was supposed to be there to perform experiments, right? But he says that the equipment he was given was really subpar. There was very little equipment and what he was given was stuff like consumer level cameras or gas station quality flashlights, basically not, the quality that you would expect for like a military grade experiment. Usually they have very high quality gear, right? But he was given almost near no gear at all. He was given a very little budget for food or gas. He had to, you know, he said after a certain point, you know, you drive around the ranch a little bit because he had to drive around the ranch to do like his duties and stuff and to like check to make sure nobody was sneaking on and whatnot. He said he had to pay for his own gas to, <laughs> to perform his service which is just insane that they would, you know, nickel and dime him so much, right? We're talking about like a black budget funded project here, which is crazy. So he talked about some things that they had him do, like playing Ouija. And this is kind of where it gets weird too. So he says one time they were using a Ouija board to try to do an experiment. And um, the, the Ouija, the planchette lifted up and flew at him and hit him in the chest. And he moved around the table and it did it a couple times. And he's, he says, like, it sounds, he says, I know it sounds crazy, but it happened. And he says he has it on, like, they recorded it on video, which, you know, I was not able to find this video available on the internet. So I'll say, I'll, just, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. But I'm on the case. They, they did some other paranormal experience sort of like that. And, and um, we're getting kind of on in time here. So I'll skip through some of this stuff. And I highly recommend anybody listening to this ep- to go listen to that episode of the Black Vault. It's really interesting. But Long story short, he saw like apparitions and he saw a lot of weird stuff on the ranch, right? And then he he talks about like the budget of like what they had for ATIP, which was like 22.5 million. And he goes into a little bit of detail on that. But he says that despite supposedly having all this funding, he never saw any scientists on the ranch. There were scientists involved in the project. He just never saw them on the ranch. Things like this, like the cheap equipment and that, it's stuff that he talks about, like that kind of made him think that he was the one being experimented on, not the experimenter, right? Because, you know, there's there nobody stationed there who would be doing experiments. Um, one of the experiments he talks about that had him kind of worried was a bean sprout experiment. They told him the bean sprout experiment was to kind of determine the growth rate of bean sprouts on the ranch versus like a control that was in Las Vegas. So they wanted to compare the two different bean sprouts. He found out later that this was actually a way of um, of testing the absorption of radiation on the bean sprouts. 
So here he is watering these bean sprouts and taking care of them, thinking that it's some mundane experiment when in reality they're testing some sort of radiation thing. And they never told him this. He just sort of figured it out himself, uh, you know, after the fact. And so, you know, a lot of what he talks about on the podcast is he's really worried about health effects of what was done to him and that he never signed up to be experimented on. Right? Isn't that always the case, though? Yeah, if you're in the military, you know, <laughs> I guess you get experimented on. Yeah. Yeah, take this jab. I'm not going to tell you what's in it. Sometimes it's yeah. unaware. So a couple times between midnight and 2 a.m., he saw an incredibly bright light. It was so bright that he could see the bones in his hand. Like when he went to cover his eyes, it like shone so bright that it like illuminated the bone structure in his hands. And even covering his eyes with his hands, he could still see the light. And he said that he couldn't, he could not determine a source of the light. There was just a really bright light coming from, he couldn't tell where. And it lasted uh, generally about five seconds or so. And it's the brightest thing that he's ever seen. Did he describe any heat? Did he feel any heat or anything like that? He didn't say anything about heat. He just said that it was an incredibly bright light. That's insane. Right. It's a bright-ass fucking light. Yeah, it's a really (laughs) bright light. You think it caused damage. That's what he's worried about, yeah, is that that it could be some long-term... And that Yeah, he talks about that on the show. Another thing he talks about is one time he had an, an encounter with an invisible person... So I guess him and whoever else was stationed with him, they lived in a like a like a trailer or like um, one of those portable housing units or something. And uh, I guess the caretakers, there were also caretakers there that lived in the ranch house. So one time they were in in the um, like the trailer house, and they heard someone open the outer door, and it slammed against the wall. And they heard somebody invisible who was wearing sounded like they were wearing boots walked through the trailer, and he could hear them. And he could like see and feel the ground shifting as they walked by because like, you know, it's like these portable trailers with like pretty flimsy flooring and stuff, you know, and he said that he could hear what room they were in because I guess the different rooms had different sounds when somebody was walking through them, but they were like totally experiment or experiment. They were totally invisible. And he, you know, at the time he thought it might be like an apparition or a ghost or something, but he thinks it was actually like a cloaking experiment, not something paranormal. So maybe like a soldier in like some kind of invisibility suit or something like that. I don't like this either way. Like if it's supernatural, that's super (laughs) creepy. Like I got like tingles, but then if it's not and it's an invisibility cloak, I don't like that either. I don't like either explanation. I was thinking like, well, it's bad enough that the NSA can tap into any device at any time and spy on whatever the hell you're doing, <laughs> but they got actual people who could be invisible. They can just roll through your house and just like, what? Oh, it's just, yeah, I don't know, sir. I do not like it one bit. Not at all. <laughs> do you guys remember there being a video of like a soldier supposedly wearing one of those and it was like a shroud and it was, it came in three. Yeah, it came in like three pieces. It was like a lower half for the legs, upper piece, and then well, he was like running across the like a like the field and I think it was in the like Middle East or whatever the hell it was. It was like rocky terrain and like you see him peel it off his head and then hop on a tank that's like stopping and picking him up. Like okay, I just have one more weird experience that this fella had. One night, uh wolves attacked his dogs. See, skinwalkers. Yeah, no, was, this is this one really caught my attention because it it kind of matches up with like what the um what the Sherman saw. 
So one night wolves attacked his dogs and he had a shotgun. He said he had loaded slugs, alternating slugs and double op buck shot into the shotgun. And he shot at the, the wolves at a range of about 15 feet. And he had like a laser sight. We're talking about like a military trained guy at 15 foot with at least buckshot. He's not missing. There's no way this guy misses, right? Impossible. For somebody who did two tours of duty in Iraq, no, there's no way he missed, you know? So the wolves, they just walked off. Like they, it was like, just like what the previous encounter that we, that we talked about was like, it just looked like it hadn't hit them at all. Like the, there was no blood, no signs that the wolves were in any way comp- incapacitated. Um, and he went out the next day to look for signs of any wounds or blood or anything like that. And he couldn't find anything. And he said, yeah, could it be a hologram? But he said, no, he didn't think it was a hologram because it was like messing with one of his dogs. Like he said, it tossed one of the dogs around or something, but it clearly was not like your normal wolf, right? They had some sort of, uh, you know, physical interaction or something. And he, he like on the show, he says he's still not entirely sure if some of this stuff that happened was really paranormal or not. But, you know, he talks about like government, you know, experiments and stuff. So that's, that's just a very, very brief summary of what, you know, his experience on the ranch. And again, like I said, I think you should, anybody listening interested in Skinwalker should go listen to this guy. I don't know if I should believe him or not, but it's definitely highly interesting. And I'll just close off by, by talking about, um, well, the last thing I have to talk about is that, uh, we don't know a whole lot about OSAP or, um, or ATIP. So like OSAP is, um, it's, uh, A-A-W-S-A-P. Right. And that's, that's if you want to Google it. So one of the most interesting things we have for this is we got a, uh, like a memo that was sent to Senator John McCain that, uh, had just the titles and authors of some studies that were done under the program. So there were a couple of names, a couple of names of the studies were things like invisibility cloaking, field effects on biological tissues uh, advanced nuclear propulsion for manned deep space missions, pulsed high-powered microwave technology, space access, advanced space propulsion based on vacuum space-time metric engineering, traversable wormholes, stargates, and negative energy, high-frequency gravitational wave communications, and on and on and on. And this is what this is what I'm talking about. When I mean, I have a lot more wrote, written down here, but I mean, I'm not. I won't really go over them all. But um, this is what I mean when it's talking about that guy who gave an award for like shitty studies. I'm like, dude, would you look under, you, you just peel under the rug a little bit here. And these people were actually doing some weird stuff and it's not all make-believe. Like, so that's what I meant, like egg on that guy's face. Because if most skeptics don't bother to do any sort of research, they just look at the very surface of it. But like, this is a real document. These were real studies done by real scientists although admittedly some of them by like how put off and stuff uh, they some of these are probably bullshit but some of them are absolutely 100% legit we don't we have you can find a couple of these papers most of them you cannot find this atip stuff or the osap whichever it's a little far field like this is a whole other episode but i just wanted to point out that they were apparently doing real research and they were researching things like invisibility and it does tie into Skinwalker Ranch and this fellow on this episode of the Black Vault Radio, he thinks that some of the stuff they were experimenting on him were stuff that we're talking about in some of these papers. So it's 
But if you want to read more about like OSAP and ATIP and Bigelow and, you know, all this kind of stuff, I recommend checking out not just the Black Vault, but the drive.com, just one, you know, one word, T-H-E-D-R-I-V-E dot C-O-M. They have a lot of really good articles on it as well. And it's not, it's not like History Channel stuff. It's actually really well written and, you know, really well researched. They base it on actual data, not on like a bunch of hokum and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, this one went a lot longer than I thought it would. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's about all I had for this week. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, no, I did not put the lotion on the skin. Oh, boy, <laughs> or, or gets the hose again. Well, you know, the thing that drew me into this case that kind of had me on a, you know, you talk about how you just start getting drawn in by, by something in the case where you should be, you should be looking at Skinwalker Ranch. But then I started reading all about like Skinwalkers and the search for the Skinwalker and what they are and how you call them. And I, I really like got that. pulled into that. You don't like that? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, it scares the shit out of me too. They scream for help and there's nothing wrong with them. And then you walk up and ah, they get you. No, it just it totally creeped me out. Other skinwalker, right? Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. talking about the water babies. What? Agent Kruger, were you talking about the, the water what? babies? No. No. That's, I don't know. I've, I I've, heard, of, I've, heard, of, I've heard of meat babies. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, one usually of, when I have a meat baby. No, 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 no. Shut up. Too many when babies. Have, <laughs> no, sometimes when I have a meat no, baby, give me the it usually stands for me to have like, either too much steak or pork or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Baby back ribs. Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I'll give I, you all kinds of meat babies. I was saying. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Please. Back to Asia either. I was saying, I think, all, I think the history. I'm so sorry. I think the history of the Sherman Ranch starts with the legend of the Skinwalker. And I think that's where all this stuff comes from. And you start talking about the supernatural and UFOs. And I'm actually more skepti- skeptical about those things. And I'm more open-minded about skinwalkers in general. So when I was, you know, researching this, that's the thing I was the most interested in because I think it's the thing that I believe versus, you know, all that stuff about UFOs and, and uh, the Sherman sightings and that sort of thing. The, the later things that happened on the ranch, I'm more skeptical about. I mean, I think uh, the Ouija board is a portal immediately when you're if i hear experiments with that they like, oh shit ouija boards creep me out i don't Here i don't like ouija boards fuck Here ouija we go boards. again oh hey oh guys guys next month for october we gotta do it's halloween guys we gotta play with the ouija board uh, i have halloween I off on vacation <laughs> from the 24th off until the uh was like the 10th, I think, of the next month, I believe. Oh, I have that whole period off on oh, vacation. Yeah. So, oh, dang. I can come up there if you want. If you guys want to have a Ouija Boy session, dude, let's wait. Wait, Ouija Boy tournament. Like, hell, you let's ever heard do of, it. Uh, you can come you, up to the Russian River. You can have some Fliny. Yeah. Oh, hell yes. Now that Agent ETA is done with all that stuff, I'm going to edit out. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. I'll give. I'll give my final thoughts, which is I went into this one thinking that was probably all a bunch of nonsense, but it's still sort of an interesting case to look at. But the more I looked at it, the more, the less certain I became that it was nonsense. And was it government experiment experiments with like invisibility suits and like drones? I didn't even talk about half of what people have reported at this place. Like the people have reported like drones and like 
orbs of light and just all kinds of stuff that I, I skipped over because, you know, we're running a little long. Very long. Very long, yeah. But, um, like, there's, I became, the more I looked into it, the less sure I became that it was all nothing. Like, there's, there does seem to be something strange going on here. It's a UFO hotbed. There's a lot of paranormal stuff. I don't know what to make of any, after looking into it, and like, I, I don't know what to make of any of it. After listening to this Black Vault episode where this guy who supposedly worked there, he, after hearing him talk, like if you take him at face value, it sounds like a government experiment to, you know, to both experiment like invisibility technology and also psychological experiments on the people there. It, but I mean, I don't find this guy 100% credible. I'm There's certain things about him that kind of make me think that it, he, he, he might've worked for the government, but is he telling a story that he's been ordered to tell or is he telling something that's being told at face value? He mentions things like videos and photographs that are not public. So you can't really believe him until you see the stuff. It just, it goes on and on and on. And the more I read about it, the more I realized like we'd have to do like another five or 10 episodes for me to actually form an opinion on this thing. But it's just a really fascinating topic that kind of surprised me at just how much depth it had. And I guess that's kind of my final thoughts. Agent Kruger, did you have any final thoughts? Uh, not, I, I don't think I really can have one at the moment. I wasn't that prepared. I was late to the group, so I apologize, but, uh. Well, I appreciate you jumping on because I mean, you know. Yeah, and I got get, work tomorrow. Yeah, get home from, from uh, your travels from San Diego. Yeah, just trying to squeeze everything into one. So, oh, yeah. baby, are you ever? <laughs> yeah, I had to lay down the noisy cricket, you know what I mean? Wait, I heard you were over there getting your dick wet. <laughs> yeah, just gotta, to, you know, throw, throw it down out the there. noisy cricket. <laughs> oh, dude, nice. <laughs> That's All a right. man right there, I'll tell you that much. And, and on that note, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh <laughs> thanks for listening you can follow the show on twitter at alienconpod you can <laughs> we also have an email address alienconpod at protonmail.com we would love to hear from you and if you enjoyed the show you could really help us out by suggesting us to your friends and or online communities keep it strange